Welcome to the Diving Pod. I'm Josh Larkham, head diving coach at Florida International University. And I'm Heath Calhoun. And I'm Aaron Rooney. And this podcast, as always, is brought to you by Sideline Scout. Video replay, the most important tool in diving. So make sure you get over to sidelinescout.com. Check out their poolside live package. Um, again, we've been hammering it home, but we're really enjoying this clipping feature where it uh, gives you the last 30 seconds of video in an easy, convenient clip that goes either right to your team iPad or even, you know, an athlete's cell phone or your own cell phone. Uh, it's really, really nice. So like I said, poolside live from sidelinescout.com. Either get that one as your basic package or you can upgrade to the scout box system, with ha which has, you know, tons of different other capabilities that Heath rocks with over at Clearing University. So, uh, Josh, just jumping in here, kind of just take us through your journey. I feel like you've had a pretty exciting uh, three, four years here in your coaching journey, but kind of walk us through how you got involved in the sport, where you are now, and how you got there. Yeah. Uh, well, first off, thanks, guys, for having me. Uh, so, I guess I started diving when I was, I think, like, you know how, like, swims classes when you're younger, they have, like, a diving continuance or whatever. So, I did that, and the guy who coached, his name was PJ, and I remember he knew how to do a hurdle a front dive tuck and a back jump and a backflip straight. That was it. So <laughs> that was the extent of my right. dive. And I played soccer and baseball primarily. So I just did that for fun. And then I did trampoline. I did parkour stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, like, sure. And I got to high school and I, I did something in my arms. So I couldn't end up playing baseball. So they're like, hey, like, why don't you do diving? It's in the winter. You can kind of like rehab. I was like, okay, so I swam, and we needed a diver, and I said, yeah, like, I've done it before, and I was just chucking my body off, like, a <laughs> rag dog, man, I was just going for it, so, um, and they're like, oh, you've been down, you must have been down for a while, and I, thought, I was wearing the jammers, I was, like, four <laughs> shorts, I was like, yeah, like, so much, so much fun, and then we go to a dual meet, and there's this, uh, you know, diver who dives club, wearing the speed, I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm not that guy, <laughs> um, so that was fun, uh, and then, yeah, uh, I got recruited to dive in college at Canisius College, um, and I recruited really late. I was like, I, you know, being a college coach now, and Aaron, I'm sure you understand dealing with high school side and Heath on the college side, like they're like, oh, I need to make a decision ASAP, and I committed in April. Nice. nice. I'll be free. I committed April 20th, <laughs> so I was very much last minute. Um, but I was gonna I was gonna go uh, to a SUNY school, which is a state school in New York. Um, and so I was gonna go to Cortland or mm -hmm. Dream School was Duke uh, and waitlisted all the stuff. And then I met Ian on a training trip where it was the first winter camp of Rip Fest before it was Rip Fest. Um, and Ian, uh, there was a swimmer on the team whose younger brother was my best friend from high school. And I was like, hey, like I'm going to here. He's like, oh, my diving team's going there. You should say hi. So I did. And we're in the middle of Noblesville, Indiana, and they're like, how on earth do you know that name? Um, and so, yeah, so Ian invited me to a trip. I came. I loved the school and started diving there. Uh, got a little bit more serious on the club. I joined a club team on Long Island with George Taylor for about six months, seven months. Um, and then I would go back during the summer train with him uh, and then ended up qualifying for zones. My plan was med school. That was the goal was like either med school or physical therapy school. So I did all the prerequisites and all that fun jazz. And then I did a gap year and that's where Niagara University opened up. Um, it was the rival school of my undergrad. So that was fun. Um, 
And it was funny because I, I remember on my first day of campus, I met the woman's basketball coach in Niagara. And she's like, oh, you look familiar. Did you go to Canisius? I'm like, I did. She's like, yeah, I remember you heckling us. And I was like, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry. Um, so that was fun. That was cool. And she's great. Jada was fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, so I ended up being at Niagara for two years. Uh, and it was fun. It was weird. I had teammates that I was friends with on the team as well. Um, one of the seniors was like three months older than me. So that was kind of weird. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. And I ended up do loving that more than I like going to shadow any doctors or physical therapists. And I still love that anatomy and I still love science. And I think that incorporates a lot in how I coach because it's very science-based. But my parents always told me, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. And I love coaching so much that it didn't feel like work. Um, and so, yeah. And then, uh, after my second year at Niagara, I got, I was also coaching club at wings diving in Buffalo, New York, which is run out of university at Buffalo and the owner slash head coach is Russ Zecker. Mm-hmm. And he asked me if I wanted to coach club as a volunteer for a year. So I did that. And then there were some coaching changes and he's like, Hey, like I can put you on staff if you want. And the goal is for me to do learn to dive. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. I just want to like, what, get into it. Um, and I ended up having to sub for the junior Olympic team coach, the one, the team that goes to all the national meets. Mm-hmm. And they they got a lot out of it, and they all asked when I was coaching again. So that's kind of how that stuck. And then uh, when I was transitioning to be a volunteer coach at Buffalo, it was a perfect spot because I would literally coach college for like four days a week and then just stay later and then coach club. And then, so I was doing that and then did that for a year, which was 2021 to 20, no, 20 to 21. Yep. Okay. And then um, I had the privilege of working with Cara Helder at West Virginia University this past year. And I had interviewed for other positions, um, but I've heard so much good about Cara and I had a lot of friends and teammates that dove under her and worked with her. And they're like, she will change your perspective of diving. And my gosh, that has never been more true. (laughs) Um, I tell her all the time. I still talk to her about once every couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, got my master's in higher education administration there, um, focusing on student athlete mental health, as well as what coaches can do more on uh, academic side rather than just athletic side. Um, and then, yeah, uh, uh, at around NCAAs, I heard a rumor FIU was going to be opening up and I got introduced to Randy Horner, who's my swim coach and boss. And we just chalked. We didn't, it wasn't an interview. He was just like, hey, like, let's get to know you. He's really big on baseball, which I am too. <laughs> so like we talked about that for like 20 minutes. And then, you know, uh, he cares about swimming. And I don't think that's uh, as common as we would, as diving coaches we'd like to have. Um, so, you know, he, and even now I like, get recruiting videos. So like, oh, send me what, send me what you got. And he like actually has like pretty solid opinions. <laughs> His judging is horrible though. We did a mock meet and he was just, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's having a staff that like really cares about this diving as a sport is just really impactful so yeah so that's kind of where i'm at now that's that's awesome um just to, i mean one follow-up that i have is just talk to us a little bit about the difference between coaching club and college you know that strikes me as being a little bit of a challenge at times but what was the difference like for you um to be honest it was really hard uh, because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to coach club or coach college. Um, you know, Long Island divers was, had maybe 25, 30 athletes, which where I dove club, um, wings had about 20 to 30 athletes. 
And so when I was interviewing for the past two years, it was one was at um, a big club in Car North Carolina. Another one was in Akron, Ohio. So, um, you know, with Mark and it was Mark's awesome. Mark is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it really came down to American Flyers or FIU. And uh, I told, and I asked Mark, I said, straight up, uh, you know, what, what do I do? And he said, listen, club can always come back college. If you're in it, enjoy it. And I was like, okay. And I think for me, I like both aspects of it in the sense that you develop. And I think that's how I coach it. Um, the hard part or challenging part is at college, right? You got to break down some habits that you may not love and you have a shorter time to do it because mm -hmm. of meets and dual meets. So my first question when I got hired, um, I told Randy, I was like, hey, how important do you care about dual meets? Mm -hmm. That's a good so, question. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, because my goal is conference zones and NCAAs. So if you're trying to win dual meets, then I can't promise great results. Mm -hmm. Um, because again, coaching club, you know, Hey, juniors is in July. Mm -hmm. So I have from September till July to really like work on hurdles, work on basic work on foundations and not stress about meets. Mm -hmm. And he was like, listen, as long as they do the best they can, and they're going to score the best they can with the guys they have, I'm in. I said, okay, oh, cool. That's awesome, um, man. And I think it was because I was upfront about it. I don't think it was, Hey, like they're going to be doing oh ones and oh threes for the first mm -hmm. couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and again, uh, the other side of it is with club coaching. I love working with kids. I think that's something that was always really appealing to me and just fun because they, uh, they don't know, they're not, they don't know scared. Meaning like whatever you tell them to do, they're like, yeah, yeah, let's just go for it. Whereas college kids are like, yeah, no, I'm going to smack. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, um, I think that's the major difference, but I think what's similar is that if you if you coach it right or just have the right athletes that are willing to learn, it's very similar. Mm -hmm. Cool. I love what you said about asking straight up up front about dual meets. Um, really, really funny. I just finished my boys' season outline for this coming year and we start tomorrow. And I, you know, if any of my boys are listening, you know, buckle up. But there's a couple of days that I'm gonna be missing, and it's very big, bold no new dives. You're working on lineups. You're working on board work. I'm not here. Deal with it. And I know there's going to be a couple meets, especially early in the year where they're going to want to throw bigger dives. And I'm sure the swim coach will want them to be throwing bigger dives, but I'm not willing to skimp on that technique part. So thank you for having the same, uh, same mentality there and carrying no, it on in, in the college world. I agree. And I think too, right? Like I, you know, I just hearing you guys and just seeing Heath coach in person, right? Like you start <laughs> off the dive with doing board work, doing mechanics, doing lineups, and then you go into the next part of the dive, which is the takeoffs and everything else. And so like, that's what I try to explain to my divers. And we just had our meet against Purdue and they dove really well. The hurdles were consistent. Their tops were great, but they didn't hit all their lines. And they're like, yeah, well, like, oh, I'm so mad. I'm like, did we work on our lines? No. Mm -hmm. Did we work on our hurdles? Did we work on our takeoffs? Were all those good? Great. Okay. So we did what we wanted to. Yeah. And so now that we're going into end of November, early December, now we're going to start working on entries and positioning because if you don't have a consistent start, there's no point in having time to work on entries if you're just going to yeah. go over anyway. Well, yeah. that's a credit to you as well to get them to see the bigger picture. Yeah. You know, you're working on, like you said, the, the starts of the dives. Were those good? Yes. Okay, we accomplished our mission. 
Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's easy for those college kids to see, wow, you know, I only scored 215. You know, I should be going 260. Well, yeah. we're going to break some things down first. Let's get the, let's get this where we want it. And then yeah. yes, we can make it pretty. And I love that. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's big picture. You have to. Yeah. I, I, it can't be said enough. Like whenever you sit back and actually think about it, I, Aaron hit the nail on the head though, goes to show you in, in a short amount of time, those kids really trust you because we, we go through that here where it's like, Hey, like the goal for some of our athletes, the goal is March. And it's like, Hey, we have the Akron invite this week. And there's some really Buffalo is always there. There's like there, that women's meet is legitimately really, really good. It's and it's one. like, yeah. And it's like, Hey, like our goal is go. And you know, we have one young lady who's working on getting her two Oh five, three Oh five off in a meet the first time. It's like, Hey, let's try to get vertical. Like, and it's like, Hey, I'd rather you miss that dive in December than in March. Like, so let's get those reps now. And, Hey, you have four other really strong dives on three and you're one meter strong. Like we're, we're, we're stressed about two dives. Okay. But it's like, it's part of the process. And if they trust that process and believe in it, then it's fun. So yeah. yeah I love, love 12, that. When you're doing 12 dives and you only got to freak out about one or two, it's a re really great meet. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so next question here is just how is the uh, start of the college season going and um, how, how are you adjusting? Is it going all right for you? Uh, dude, man, I've been hit the ground running. So my, I got hired in April. Um, but because of my grad assistantship, um, West Virginia kind of said, Hey, you could take the job, but we start, we stop paying for your master's the minute you sign it. <laughs> and so Randy was really cool in the sense. He's like, okay, wait, when do you graduate? And I said, June 24th. He's like, great. Can you start the 25th? I said, no. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, I literally, I was coaching at, uh, I was at coaching at a Texas camp and uh, I immediately started recruiting like, I was like <laughs> okay, that Saturday. I was like, guys, like coach's night off. Um, you guys have a, like great dinner. I'm going to go back to my room and just kind of start recruiting. Yeah. Um, and so that's been fun. Um, it's kind of cool. Um, Cause I was a head coach at one point with Niagara, but it was part-time and it was, mm -hmm. it was great for what it was then, but now being at FIU in a bigger conference, bigger school, um, having my own team as a full-time job, I think it's totally different because I've learned a lot more, right? And I think that's where it gets really exciting for me. Um, what's hard is uh, because it's Florida, um, we have so many international interests because if you ask any international student or anyone, hey, what are three major um, cities in, in America? It's New York City, Los Angeles, and Miami. Yeah. And so we're located in Miami. So we always get reached out. So it's uh, very overwhelming, but it's cool. So I get to have different conversations and I will always accept a call from every recruit that emails me. Cause if yeah. they have time to reach out and send me an email, the least I can do is give them a call and give them a chance. So yeah. that's what's fun. It's also hard because I also give all myself to work and I, I've been trying to do better about <laughs> myself. Like, Hey, like I'm done at 8 PM. Um, Good luck. Hasn't been well. Yeah. It's not been going well. <laughs> Um, but it's been going really well. The athletes are great. I have a very um, senior class. So I have two fifth years, one senior, two juniors, and then one freshman. Mm. So I'm doing a heavy lot of recruiting um, because I'm also not only recruiting 2023s, I'm also recruiting 2024s. Sure. And so uh, this year's hard, but it's fun. I wouldn't, like, again, I love my job and it doesn't feel like work. So that's fun. Um, I will say the challenging part is coaching outside because I'm at the mercy of mother nature. 
So if we have a uh, hurricane or which we've had one and then a major flash flooding, um, I can't do anything. So it's really making me adapt. Um, I'm very fortunate we have a dry land center that is also outside, but it's covered. So if I need to go do a dry land, uh, go do a weight session with the divers, I'd rather do that, do something other than nothing. I'm really intrigued by this whole recruiting deal you know picking the athletes that you want on your team essentially yeah. what are some of the highlights of recruiting that you enjoy and some of the low lights that are a little bit of a grind um i will definitely say i'm a unicorn in the sense that i will probably say recruiting is probably one of my favorite parts of college coaching See, I'm with you. I, at least I would think. I don't know. I've never done it. <laughs> no, it's it's fun, right? Like you get to meet all these different people. And um, I'm a firm believer that if I'm reaching out, it's because I'm genuinely interested in you as a person. And so if I thought you was not the school, great. How can I help you get to the school that you want to get to? Um, I I don't I I love taking in transfers. I just don't love sending out transfers. Uh -huh. I think I want them to feel at home. Again, especially because we have, um, I think of my six divers, three of them are international. I have an Egyptian, a Canadian, and a Finnish diver. So for me, right, like they're never home. So I want the school to be as yeah. close to home as they're going to feel. Yeah. Um, and so for me, like that part's fun. Um, what else? I recruit for personality as well. Like I like to think I'm a pretty funny person, but I always make the joke that if you say you're funny, you're probably not that funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's true. You should let so, other people tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should let other people say. So for me, right, like I think if I know I can make jokes, but also be serious, like I have a yeah. standard. Um, uh, they Divers won't compete dives unless they're going to average hit it for sixes or better. Mm -hmm. But I think you can have fun while doing that. So mm -hmm. I think that's where my coaching is a little bit different. So my first recruiting call, I don't ask a single question about diving. I ask yeah. what what's your favorite movie? What's your favorite food, dessert, sports? Like what do you like to do outside, book, anything like that? Just to kind of get to know them as people. Um, the hard part is that because I don't say no to people, it's like I have to type everything out and then kind of narrowing it down. Yeah. Because then it's like, okay, like I built a bond with these people. I'll have like three or four calls with them before anything really progresses. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, like now how do I decide? Like, okay, who, who am I taking? Who am I not? And then I always leave off that, like, if it's someone who I'm not taking, I just say, hey, listen, like, it's not, it's really just, I have to do what's best for the program. Mm -hmm. However, like, if there's anything I can do to help you get in touch with a coach, get in touch, like, I had a recruit, um, she really wanted to do nursing, and nursing is just unfortunately one of the programs that's really hard to do at our school because it's mm -hmm. on a different campus. Oh, yikes. So, hey, like, I know a bunch of schools that have nursing and I know the diving coaches. Like, let me reach out to them and I'll say, hey, I have this. And I'll, I'll totally do that. I have no issue doing that. It takes me five minutes. So that's the hard part, but I try to make it up to them as best I can. That's awesome. So yeah. I have a funny follow up. All right, sure. Josh. I'm just curious. What is your opinion on music on recruiting videos? <laughs> You better be really confident in the music you're picking. <laughs> if it's, uh, is, if it's, is that a thing? No, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. And here's the thing. They'll all pick like either I like all motivational music, like Eye of the Tiger. Like some people <laughs> yeah. pick Levitating by Dua Lipa. And uh, I'm just like, I mean, again, it's, I didn't do a recruiting video. I didn't have one. So for me, like I can't really judge. But I think for me, like, you can't have just every, like, whatever you think the most common song is, and you're like, oh, no one's going to pick it. I promise you, someone picked it, <laughs> everyone. I, uh, 
I will not say what coach it was. It was a very successful coach. And I remember sitting there watching them go through recruiting videos. And I just remember at the time I was coaching at a D three school and I'm like, it, I mean, D, it was probably similar to how you were at Niagara. Like you are grinding yeah. for like anyone that can breathe. And it's like, all right, we can do this. And then I see the recruits that he has that emails him. And and I'm like, man, do you go through all these videos? He goes, yeah, but I mute them the second I hear music because I don't want to hear what crappy music they pick. Is, it, is that, that's like a real thing though? Kids, oh, yeah. they, they put music, put music in their thing. So and Aaron, the, if, oh I my like gosh. Song, I had, if I like the I, song, I'll, I'll blast it. If it's a terrible <laughs> song, I 100% mute it. I, I like have no clue, song. dude. I totally, I never made a recruiting video either, yeah. but I definitely would have been one of those guys to it, do that. It's funny though, because I mean, I think it was about two, three years ago. If you guys remember, it was a baseball coach. I'm pretty sure that it was a college baseball coach. And he would like, he made this viral video. I think at the time it was on Instagram or something. And he goes, if you put a song on your recruiting tape, you bet your butt I'm blasting it and I'm going to dance to it. And well, he started taking walkout song. And, and he started like taking videos of him dancing to it. And he became like super viral from it. And it helped him <laughs> recruit because it was like, Oh, he kind of put himself out there. But uh, I I was like, I just thought of that when Aaron asked no, about recruiting. It's a good one. And I think again, like your video has to be good because it's either you're putting in music because it's your video is long and you want it to have mm -hmm. some substance behind it, or you're trying to hide your dives. I, I got a good, here's another good question. I got another related. question too. I'm excited here. All right. So here's my question for you, Josh recruiting. Yeah. yeah. How say the video is three minutes long. Yeah. How long can you watch that before you're like, yes, this diver can dive here or no, they can't. Nice. Oh, that is a good one. Um, that's a great question. That's a really, that's a hard question. I think uh, it's like 30 seconds. Okay. So I've seen some videos where they'll do like by category number. So they'll do fronts and backs. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. And that, if that's the case, I kind of like skim, like I'll watch a couple fronts, watch a couple back, like just so I can get a full range. Yep. Um, if it's just like random dives, which is mostly the case, uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm probably pretty close to like 30 to 45. It's like, I need so, to see back and gainer come outs. If I see that, I'm like, we're good. So for me, um, cause I also have to recruit for towers. So for me, yep. like yeah. back and gainer come outs as well as how your board timing is. Yeah. Because I think with board timing, like I'll spend weeks up anyway on board timing, but if it can kind of make my life a little bit easier, um, I'm also big on body position too. Mm -hmm. So like on inwards is probably my big one. Um, it's if you're throwing your hips straight back, it tells me that you're either not waiting for the board mm -hmm. or that your hips are too far forward. So that way your hips automatically have to go backwards and yeah. which is easy, it's an easy error fix. Yeah. But I think for me, it's something, okay, like, how, are you still making the bigger dives? And if so, cool, then I know, oh, hey, if you're making it with, like, that much amazing technique, like, yeah. you can probably enhance it, which is fun. Yep. All right. I got a question for both of you now. Yeah. Would you rather see a video of, like, an entire meet or, like, a greatest hits? Because I feel like a lot of people put a greatest hits one out there, and then all of a sudden you see them and you're like, oh, well, that, that two and a half is not the same. I'm gonna let Heath answer uh, answer first. Uh, it depends on the meet. It may like so. If, for instance, there's a, a young man that we're looking at, and his recruiting tape is, um, it's from zones or regionals, and it's like I like the fact that he and he missed some dives in it, like, but I got to see like 
He had really good tops. He could spin. He just missed the bottom. It's kind of what Josh described with his team. Like if he, they just missed the bottom, like, hey, that's spotting come out entry work. We can do that. We can fix that relatively like with some really focused work. So it depends on the meet. Like if it's a middle of nowhere high school meet, like I probably am not super excited to see the six dives you do. And maybe like for a generally unknown diver, maybe seeing a best of, but if I can like search that diver on dive meets, see the dives they compete, see who they competed against and see how they kind of stacked up. You're going to have a decent idea of like, okay, like for me, I always watch it and it's like, all right, like, is this diver D1, D2, mid-major? Like, I can kind of separate that out, and I do a decent job of that right now. And I, I think for me it depends on the meet, but I would love to see, like, a big meet, like a state meet, whether it goes good or bad. Because yep. even on the bad stuff, there's a lot of good stuff that coaches are going to be excited about. Sure. Yeah, I think for me I'm pretty similar. Um, I like to see the smacks because – Every, everyone sends the greatest hits. Everyone sends yep. the greatest hits. Yeah, I kind of figured that. Unless you're telling me that every single time you do that dive, you're hitting it for what your video is. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's it. Like, I remember, um, so Izzy Moreau, she's a fifth year at Virginia Tech. So her older sister, Vivian, was my teammate in college. And so when Izzy was going through the process, Vivian sent me her video and was like, hey, like, let me know what you think. And Izzy opened up with, let me introduce you to my ops. And it's like bruises on her front leg back leg it's like 405 205 107 i'm like yeah like that's the stuff i want to see like i i think that's cool or like i think that's you're different um bigger meets are fun i think that's more of a telltale sign of how you're going to perform mm -hmm. um whereas uh, no offense to high school meets but a high school meet in new york versus texas is a very drastic different scale oh, yeah. and so like for me like i don't care about scores really i just would rather see videos um but again, like he said, even on a bad dive, uh, quote unquote, bad dive, yeah. you can so much good. Yeah. yeah. And I, I try to hammer home like, hey, guys, nobody cares about scores, especially for a dual meet that doesn't really matter. You know, everybody yeah. does care about how did you do at the state meet? Did you keep your nerves under control? Did you hit the dives you were hoping to hit? Did you fall apart after a miss? Because those happen and they mm -hmm. always do. And yeah. no matter what level you're diving at, you're going to be diving in a position where you need something on a day and a dive and a single round and whatever it might be. Yeah. And, you know, those the greatest hits, they're fun. They're cool. You know, compile a video. Those are, that's cool for you to have personally, but that's not really what coaches want to see. They want to yeah. see you struggle and they want to see, okay, I can work with this because I can fix that. No, and Aaron, I like that too, because like I'll actually, especially at like state meets, I if I can find a diver, I'll look back at how they did previously and see if they improved. And I'll also like for that meet, um, especially at a bigger meet, I yeah. will see like, okay, where was the miss and how did they do on the next dive after? Yep. Yeah. Or even yeah. the next yeah. dive, right? Because like that second dive, like that dive after, like I get it, you're probably going to be nervous. It may also not be a dive that you're great at. So if you give them, hey, like, two dives after it's okay. Like they should be able to either a get themselves back to um, a good mindset or they're not. And that's fine yeah, either it, way. Right. But at least that way you as a coach, college coach can kind of see where they're it's, at. It's really fun to notice those specifically. We just had our state meet for the girls here in Minnesota. And there was a young lady who she missed a, a, quite a few dives. Um, I remember watching her warm up and I just said, she's the best diver here. And it was clear she had the best technique, but she I don't know, for whatever reason, just didn't hit any bottoms, kind of struggled a little bit. And she was in like 10th place, I believe, going into finals. And she was when I start on my notepad, like she's going to bump up. I mean, she's too good of a diver not to bump up. 
And I think she finished as high as, I think she finished fourth, but had she hit all of her dives previously, you know, in the first eight rounds, I mean, I think she was in contention to win. Honestly, I think she probably was the best diver there. Just really had a couple of rough first rounds. If you're from Minnesota, hopefully I'm not not offending anybody, (laughs) but uh, I, I just definitely, there was one girl there that I was like, yeah, she's, she's kind of the cream of the crop here. Just the dives didn't go her way and, and it's okay. It happens. Which, by the way, Aaron, that kind of reminds me. So, when you release, when you guys release the podcast with uh, how you structure a state meet, I send yeah. that to every club diver at Wings. <laughs> uh, yeah, my. I don't know how it worked happy. out. I'm just they telling. Were, they were really mad at me for sharing that information because, I mean, we get people through to finals that absolutely probably should not be at <laughs> finals. <laughs> but that's just the strategy piece. You know, I'd, oh, I'd love to see. Like, do you want to win or do you want to make finals? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. One one last piece before we jump to the next question is I just also think it's really important. Like Josh said, like he's looking for something slightly different because he does tower stuff. And it's like every coach is looking for something different. Like if, if a coach's strength is coaching twisters, like they probably don't stress if someone can twist really, really well or not. Cause they're like, I know I can fix that. I just like, it's important to see that. Like, I know for me, if I see a good backing gainer come out, like we can, we'll figure it out from there. Um, at least with how it's went so far in my coaching career. Um, but uh, moving forward, you know, Josh kind of just, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but maybe describe your coaching style and what you're aiming to build at FIU over the next few years. Yeah, no. Um, so like I said earlier, I'm very big on science and anatomy and physics. I think that's just something that like I've always been drawn to. Um, so for me, like um, having not did gymnastics or or not really have a high school coach, like for me, like, I needed it to make sense. And the only time it ever really worked was when someone broke it down in a way like, okay, like your arms need to be here because the board can't do this or can't do that. Um, so that, um, that was like, Ian or kind of did that um, my first year and then he left. And then Christian Torres did a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's where I got a lot of my foundation from. And Christian Torres was at Cornell for about five or six years after he left uh, Canisius. Um, and then, uh, Russ was pretty similar on about basics. So I kind of just built it onto that. And then Carla is so meticulous, which I have always been. I've always been very like little details make the big picture, not big details across the board. Mm-hmm. And I think Carl just kind of hit that home. So for me, like I love basics. I will spend three weeks of the season, not doing a single hurdle or jump, or I like, it needs to be consistent, like where we want it. Um, and sometimes it's going to freak the divers out, right? Like they're going to be closer to the board than they're used to, or they're going to be higher than they used to not know what to do with it. Um, and I think it's just kind of coaching them through that. Like, okay, like this is normal. That's what that's supposed to feel like. Trust it. Um, yeah. I always tell divers, if it feels weird, like 95% of the time, it's yeah. probably because you're doing something right. Yeah. And that's just because your body's making a change. Um, diving, um, and I remember this from Wingfield when I was in high school at a camp. He said something like 23 or 27 uh different body movements that diving breaks that isn't consistent with how we want to move our bodies interesting and so diving just has to break that and i'm i'm assuming gymnastics or anything involving being upside down has a similar take but i try to put that in perspective as well um so for me it's really kind of just having it make sense so like talking about fit like physics okay like your arms need to be parallel when you bring your knee through otherwise your chest comes forward or 
hey, your hips need to be about a quarter inch back on the board because the board's already flat before you stand on it. When you stand on it, it dips. So you need to be slightly over the board. So that way when it launches you, it goes into still, again, safe distance, but you're going in a more up direction versus straight out. Mm -hmm. And so I think having like, hey, this is why I'm having them do it gives them a lot more confidence. Okay, he's not just telling me to do something. Um, and I tell them all the time, if uh, I give you something to do and it, you ask me why, and I don't have an answer, we shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. You know, that's a, I, I say the same thing. Sorry to cut you off. I just no, want to good. ask you this. Do you think that is like different than when we were athletes? Cause like how, how many, like, I just vividly remember my coach being high school or college saying, do this. Okay. Cause that's what coach said to do. Like, do you think that is something different? in today's athletes and why do you think that's different um that's what's weird i'm not like i'm like four or five years older than my senior maybe four mm -hmm. or my fifth year and so for me like i'm not that much older but i think my coaching style versus how i was coached is like ages different like decades different mm -hmm. um and i think two one um because i think of especially i think covid brought that out is that we're a lot more vulnerable than we're willing to admit and so we like knowing, hey, like, why are we doing something? I want to know, like, what's going to be the outcome of why I'm doing that. Um, yeah. And two, I think it's also because, right, and I'm sure other parents are still like this, but like I was raised and I'm sure you guys were too. Hey, if a coach told you to do something, you just do it because they <laughs> yeah. said so. Yeah. Um, you don't really have an option if you, and if you complain, hey, guess you're not playing that day or guess you're not competing that day. Cool. Um, and so I think that's what's changed, but I think too, like athletes respond more to show that you care, right? Like if yeah. you show, if you show praise, I don't yell. Like if you ask any yeah. diver I've ever coached, especially at club, cause that was the longest tenure. I probably yelled once. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't like it. I don't think that helps. I think that makes things worse and they lose respect for you. Again, yeah. if that's your constant tone. And that works for some teams and some programs. And I'm not saying that's necessarily a wrong way. I just think for me, like I can't mentally operate that like that on a daily basis yeah. without draining so much. I like yeah. to have fun. I like to be lighthearted. But I think just, again, showing that you care, showing that you're involved and like outside of that, like, hey, like how was your test? How was the club event that you went to? Yeah. I think that just kind of makes it a little bit more like buying in and kind of that whole mentality of like for football, like, hey, I'll run through a wall for my coach. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I totally agree. So Josh, what do you love the most about our sport? Um, that's a great question. Okay. Well, uh, real quick, I don't think I answered the aiming to build a FIU, but short story yeah. like long, I just kind of want to build a culture where diving is a fun environment that also gets results. And I think the only way to do that is by having standards, but making the standards enjoyable to get to. Um, but yeah, uh, to answer your question, Aaron, about the love of the sport, I think for me, it's, so when I played soccer, right, I could have the best game and we could still lose. And that drove me <laughs> nuts. Yeah. Um, and it's not, it's I like, I'm, I'm sure most athletes would agree they hate losing. Um, but I think in diving, right, like you can kind of control your own destiny. Cause like, if you're consistent, you're going to do well almost every time. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I think right like the adrenaline the overcoming fear like that is a, something that i think is totally different from every other sport Gymna again gymnastics being the most similar because again you're landing on your potential landing on your head right there's a lot more risk but with diving right like you have to throw yourself off 
three-story buildings and do tons of crazy flips and somersaults or you have to time up a 250 pound board so that way you you get the right jump where one you don't get shin splints and two you time it well enough that you get a good ride and i think there's so many different things that we have to think about um in a such a short time and i think that's why divers do so many reps it's not like a matter of hey like we just do this many because we have to it's like no you do it so that way your muscles get used to the memory of it doing it Mm -hmm. And I don't, and I think the closest comparison, and this might, I'm curious what your take is. I think golf is the closest comparison. I, I mean, I would agree with that. I just got <laughs> done listening to a golf podcast today and they were just hammering that same thing home is everything's between your ears. And they were recapping one of the, uh, it, I, I went into it like a deep dive, right? So I'm back in 1991, the master's tournament, like that's how far, and that's how much I love golf. And they were just talking about one of these older guys swings and how amazing it was and how perfect he was. And he was such a nice guy that he let everybody else kind of say what they thought about his swing. And he took it in as criticism. He said, Oh, you know, you need to lift your elbow here. You need to turn your wrists here. Your hips are a little late. And he would like, listen to that and then try these things. And he completely lost his swing and you never heard of him playing golf again. He's actually an announcer now, uh, Ian Baker Finch, for those listening. Really, really cool story. He was at the absolute pinnacle and something something weird happened. He just let, I guess, too many people in and it totally messed with his brain and he stopped playing good golf. He never, never won a tournament again. It was kind of a sad little fall off, but to your point, everything's between the ears and you control your own destiny. If you can remain consistent, even at the most heightened, you know, intense moments, you're going to be just fine. And if you can't, and you let outside factors in, it's going to be a a world of hurt for you. And and unfortunately, sometimes that happens. Well, yeah, because people miss dives, right? People have, some people have the best meat of their life. Some people have the worst meat of their life. Mm -hmm. You never know until you're there. And I think too, right? Like it has to do with just how you go into it right like i ask my divers all the time questions about the dive hey where where did you feel like where did you feel the weight shift in your backswing where did right because i think if they take more accountability they can understand a little bit more and that again kind of what you're going on is like controlling your own destiny like i think as coaches we're just there to guide them and like i had my diving career i was happy with how i ended so i want the divers to be happy no matter what they did that they were happy with how they do so having them be involved in your coaching as much as you can have them be involved more power to it yeah yeah i agree i uh aaron i don't know why this made me think about it because you talked about that uh gentleman in his golf swing and he's like he let too many people in right before he started the podcast i listen i just go down this rabbit hole on instagram of like motivational videos it's pretty bad to be quite honest and uh, it was this professional fighter. His name's Chael Sonnen. They said, if you could give advice to, to an athlete on how to be great, what would you say? He's like, find a coach you trust and go to practice every day and actually try to get one degree better. He's like, because a lot of people don't do that. And it just made me think like having a coach you trust that that's the only voice in your head. That's a, that goes a really, really, really long way. And I think that shows like how important our jobs are. Like, yeah. I think that's what people don't realize. Like, they're like, oh, like, you coach. I'm like, yeah, but you understand. Like, I really can influence a lot right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it go- it also just goes to show, like, I bet, I-, I shouldn't say, I feel confident that typically the athletes you have the best relationships with are probably the ones that are succeeding a little bit more. Um, At least I've seen that throughout my college 
throughout my coaching career. Um, I don't think athletes like to hear that. I, I know I've said that on this podcast before, Brian, I stole it from Brian Galuli. He said, I have favorites. It's whoever shows up and works hard any given day. Someday it's the most talented kid on the team. Some days it's the least talented and that fluctuates, but it, it just goes to show like if you, you the coach can't want it more than the athlete. And when you guys want the same goal together, the equal amount, great things can happen. But those relationship building skills are really important as a coach. What do you, what do you guys think? Uh, I totally agree. I think that uh, when right again, it could be any different day where someone who was maybe not your favorite the day before it happened to be your favorite the next day. Right. It's just sort of like the attitude that they come like come in with. And I'm, I'm very much like an empath with that stuff. Like if you come in positive, like I had my divers read a book um, before I got here. Um, it was called the energy bus by John Gordon. Yeah. And it's a really great book. Um, and I just had them read it just because like, I think sometimes when we are mad or having a bad day, we tend to blame our teammates, but we don't ever take accountability. Like, okay, like maybe it's me. That's why I'm doing it. And so for me, like, I think that's something I really wanted to bring in like positive culture, whether it's, Hey, like I had a bad diet, but I'm still doing something different. Um, but again, right. Like there's days where they had a, they didn't sleep the night before because they were studying. So they really are just not in a mood or social life isn't going the way they want it. So they're just not in a great day or they're sore, right? Like you're yeah. just, there's so many different outside opportunities that like you can't control as a coach. And so you just kind of have to work with how they're acting that day and the best that you're going to get the most out of them. And so for me, like if there's a diver's like, yeah, like I'm just not feeling this practice, um, which I usually I actually have them say what they want to do at practice. I'll have a plan in my head and I'll write it out for the week, but I usually like give them say, and if I like their plan, cool. Um, but some of them are like, yeah, like I'm super sore from lift yesterday. I'm like, great. We can do lineups. We'll do all ones. Like there's some, there's always things to work on. Even if it's just, Hey, like model visualizing core. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's funny. You say you ask your athletes what they want to do. I don't, I don't know if I told Aaron this one, I, maybe I did. So last week before Thanksgiving, I told the kids, I said, Hey guys, we're just going to go like really light, like nice, easy, loose. And we'll pick a dive or two. And so I had the kids come in and we were playing golf. So I'm like, Hey, if you birdie it, you can move on or you got to get two pars, however long that takes. Uh, I'm going to say it. Honestly, this might hurt my recruiting in the future. We had a young man, his name's Jordan. He's a senior. He's been busting his butt to try to get his NCAA cuts. He got his first one. He needs one more. And the dive that's been giving him the most fits is back two and a half. He just can't get vertical. Like he can, he, he hits one every now and then. On like high board he, or low board? On high board. And he just plays okay. with it too much. That's all it really is. Like his reverse two and a half, awesome. Like he crushes reverse two and a half. And so we we have a really crazy game here at Clarion. It's called do it again. And so uh, <laughs> so he, he did it back two and a half and it was okay. It was a little short. I'm like do it again. Did it the same. Do it again. He probably did legitimately 25 or 30 back two and a half that day. And uh, that's like miracle on ice all over again. I'm I'm not exaggerating when I say 25 to 30 back two and a half. But the cool part was we reached a point where the, the secret to do it again is all they have to do is ask if they can move on. And I'll say, yes. So like you could get to five <laughs> and if they say, can I, and so for whatever reason he got to about 12 and he, and someone looked at him and said, Hey, you know, if you ask him to move on, he'll let you move on. And he turned, raised his hand, goes, can I move on? I go, no, because she told you to ask that. And so I said, <laughs> now you have to do three in a row that are six or better, or you're not moving on. 
he did, I'm not exaggerating, from 12 to 30, he did two in a row and he'd miss one. He did two in a row and he'd miss one. I'm like, dude, out of 18, you only miss, like, you went 13 out of 18 that were awesome. And he's like, yeah, I know it wasn't the most fun, but I also know I needed that. I'm like, man, that was so cool when it's like, again, it's like, I know what his goal is and I know that's what he needed, but it's like asking the kids, no kids looking at me saying 30 back two and a halfs, please. No. And again, right. I don't give them a number. I just tell them what dive they want to work on. And then I can kind of pick the number. Well, and I also liked, um, I don't know if either one of you have listened to Laura Wilkinson's recent interview with Kenny Armstrong, her coach. It's, I highly recommend it to any of our listeners um, to you two, it was incredible what I heard, like what Kenny said. And he's like, you know, you, too many coaches get set in their ways with like, these are the numbers. This is what we have to do. He's like, that takes away the flexibility to be able to say, Hey, our front two and a half pike is fine on three meter. Let's do two of them. And let's put those three extra reps where we need them. And I really liked that. And then the other part, you, you know, he talks about a story about Laura, um, and how he had to consult with Vince Panzano and Ron O'Brien. And you guys need to listen to it. So I'm going to leave the story there on a cliffhanger. It was one of the best stories in diving I've heard. It was awesome. <laughs> but um, so yeah, moving yeah. moving forward here, um, you know, I know that you got recently involved with the PDCA, the Professional Diving Coaches Association. Can you just kind of walk us through what your role is with the PDCA? Yeah. So Professional Diving Coaches Association, uh, PDCA. So I got elected secretary in August. Actually, I was at Junior Nationals when that happened. And I had Cliff DeVries, who is the CEO of it, and then Mike Retcher reach out and be yeah. like, hey, you should, you should apply. And I was like, guys, I, I just started FIU. I have no idea. I still, like, I barely moved in. So I'm like, no, no, you, sh- you should apply. And I said, okay, like, what do you need? And he's like, just give me a resume. And I kid you not, maybe four hours later, oh, my God, congratulations. You got elected. <laughs> <laughs> it was like what they're like yeah it was unanimous we all wanted you okay <laughs> so i got basically roped in which thank god because it's actually really fun so my job as secretary is um i send the annoying once a week email newsletter uh i love it yeah thank yeah, you i don't so, think it's i don't think it's annoying at all i i read it actually every single time oh awesome fantastic thanks guys uh so yeah so i i spend probably like two hours, three hours a week going through like everything I can on diving. Um, so like this week right now, uh, World Juniors is going on. So I will type up a result of what's going on there, um, send links, all that stuff. Um, and I really like it because, again, I love the sport. And so for me, like going out and finding new things going on and just updates is great. Um, and I think what's cool about and then I take notes during the minutes that we have. Uh, we have a weekly meeting for about we say it's a half hour, but it's always 45 to an hour. Um, but yeah, so we just talk about, hey, like what's going on? What are our plans? Like we just hosted the symposium not too long ago. So like our big thing was that now it's, hey, like what can we do moving forward to get a little bit more traction, get a little bit more membership? And the goal of it is just kind of like we want coaches to know, hey, they have a resource. They have a, a location to go for information for whether it's job postings or techniques or hey like what's going on like I know we plug in your guys's podcast as well and it's again just to kind of get people especially more more so high school coaches because I think that's where a lot of the education I should say needs to go but it does it does you can say that okay yeah so (laughs) um because I just I'm, I'm going from like New York right like New York I went to a couple state meets as an athlete and as a coach recruiting and there's just drastic 
so drastic levels of coaching. Mm -hmm. And again, at the end of the day, we all want safety. We all want fun for the diver um, and we want the sport to grow. So why shouldn't there be a one general location where you can find as much info as possible? Yeah. No, I like that. Uh, the, and uh, what I've noticed this leads right into my next question is the PDA, the PDCA has really grown really honestly over the last few months, maybe the last calendar year, you know, what are the goals going forward? And maybe more importantly, what can we do to help? Because we are noticing a whole bunch of really good things you guys are doing and we're loving it. Well, thanks. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's not just me. Like we have Mike Retcher, Steve Omak, uh, Oh, I gotta go down down the order. Uh, Cliff, Steve, Stan at Trinity, um, mm -hmm. Chris Zukas, Mike, myself, um, and you know it's just a really fun job. It's 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 all volunteerism for us. It's just something hey, like because we love doing it, um, and it's been a really big team effort as well. Oh, and we also have Tom Quinn as well, who's out of Cortland um, area. And so for us, right, like I think we started when in August we had like five or 600 subscribers and now we're up to like 1250. Nice. Uh, and my, awesome. goal, um, my goal is to get at least 1500 by the end of December. Um, and if you see the view of the newsletter every week, it's like have like, I think 5,000 trained coaches by 2030. And I think at the rate we're going, we're probably going to pass that, fingers crossed. But again, it's just something for us to do. So I think for our goals, again, we just want to get as many coaches involved because um, we do think that's where that comes from, right? Like athletes mm -hmm. are, you can always pick up, I mean, Aaron, you do it, you told me on the podcast, right? Like you picked up former skiers and everything else like to come join, right? You can find athletes, but I think finding trained coaches that are, confident and skilled enough that's a harder task mm -hmm. and so that's kind of like where we want to come in is hey how can we affiliate that how can we get more coaches involved and i think for you guys i mean for just to help out like every once in a while slide in a mention yeah but yeah i think honestly like um like i know we're gonna go i know we have like i think steve and cliff are going to and mike obviously are going to junior um to winter nationals nice um, having Steve on the board is really um, super great because he goes to a lot of international meets as well as USA meets. Mm -hmm. So that helps. Um, yeah. And then just having, uh, we have state representatives uh, opportunities. So if you're in a state that you want to be part of the PDA, uh, PDCA and you're like, hey, like how can I get more involved in coaching or how can I be more involved in the diving world, right? Um, you can actually reach out to Mike Retcher. Um, and he, uh, in our newsletter, um, and anyone can subscribe. It doesn't have to be a diving coach. It could be some coaches, whoever that wants to get more info. Um, and it's at pro diving uh, org, I believe is the website. Um, but yeah, so reach out to Mike, say, Hey, I want to be a state representative. And it's, Hey, once a month or something like that, you, where you guys meet and say, Hey, like what's going on in your high school seasons, what's going on in club, who's willing to host meets, et cetera. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. That, that symposium was awesome. It was like, I like am keeping my fingers crossed. That's like becomes an every year or even a buy like twice a year thing. It was incredible. So, yeah. Mike's actually coming out. Uh, we were just talking about our last meeting. Um, so since the symposium went off really well, we all were good. really happy with it. Um, but we do want something to go on at least once a month. So we're looking to try and get like, like kind of like what you guys have, but like on a more spread out basis where we just mm -hmm. once a month, pay anyone who's a PDCA member, um, 
I think an annual fee is as, as cheap as like $39 yeah. for the year. Um, anyone who wants to, uh, that's a member can actually log on for free for the video and just be part of um, like, uh, depending on the guests, right? We'll um, ask, hey, so-and-so is coming on in three weeks. Yeah. Any questions you want to have asked, please submit by this time. That's and awesome. We'll have a 45-minute session, 15 minutes for Q&A at the end. And then, again, once a month, once every two yeah. months, just again, just to keep people more involved, more engaged. So, it's such a great, such a great idea. Instead of like this forum where it's more just us talking, it's like definitely more of an educational forum. That's they, they were awesome. Honestly, every single presenter that you guys had, I was thoroughly impressed by and it was awesome. So um, just keep doing what you guys are doing. It's great. Um, you know, and then last question before we kind of jump into our signature questions is looking forward in your career. What are the goals you have for yourself in the world of coaching? Oh, gosh. All right. So you sent me this earlier today and I was on a flight and I've been thinking about this <laughs> flight and I still don't have an answer. Um, I think for me, like I, I really love what I do. And then, so for me, like wherever I go next, if I go anywhere next, like I'm really happy here. Um, I know it's only been like three or four months now, <laughs> like my family's moving to Florida. They're like, nice. uh, they're about an hour and 40 North from here. So like for me, like this is as close to my family as I'm ever going to get since I'm 18 and I'm 26 now. Yeah. I'm 27. So like that's something really appealing. I, my goals, I'd love, I mean, I'm, I'm super privileged to coach Olympian yeah. um, right now. And I've, I've coached a couple just here and there. Um, I'd love to go to the Olympics as a coach, <laughs> um, whatever country I get to represent, <laughs> I'd love to be a part of USA, but like whatever country I'd be honored. Um, and that's, kind of, I, you know, I'd like, uh, I went to Olympic trials as an assistant coach. I'd love to go again as a, a full head coach for an athlete um, or NCAAs. Again, I just really, I, I want to be able to go as far as I can with the athlete who wants to be there as much as I want to be there. That's awesome. Kind of touching on what you said, like, I shouldn't want it more than the athlete. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That's awesome. But I don't care what school I'm at. I mean, <laughs> like at location, like I'm really happy in Florida. I love the beach. I grew up near the beach. So for me, like, um, I'm, I don't see myself leaving for a while. That's awesome. That's, yeah, good stuff, man. All right, well, we'll get into our signature questions. Um, we don't treat failure like it's a bad thing, more of an opportunity for growth. So from that lens, what would you say is your favorite failure? <laughs> okay, so... I have one as a diver and one as a coach. So yep. the one as a diver, I was my senior year. I had the year prior, I made top eight and got like sixth and seventh on one and three respectively. And this is my senior year. I was like, okay, I've been doing really well all year. I'm not stressed. And I tried to play smart and I went, I changed my dive in prelims. I went on three meters instead of doing a 105B, uh, 107C, I did 105B. I was like, yeah, okay, like I know I can hit this for sixes or better every time. It's not just, and I just, you feel like you, you're not spinning or you're spinning too much. You're like, yeah, I'll just come out early. And I came out <laughs> and I just snuck it in. Like I got like four and a half fives and I got ninth place, which is automatically constellation finals. And I got oh. it, by, I got it by 0. 0.7. Oh, no, it's, it's clear in my mind. I got it by 0. 0.72. <laughs> And so I was so mad. I was like upset. I was, I was, I was a terrible athlete. I'm not going to sugarcoat. I was horrible. I was throwing temper tantrums. All of it. But <laughs> my coach is like, listen, you're here. It is what it is. Um, your team has a chance to do well. Like let's just get ninth place. Win, yeah. win consolations. I said, okay. 
ended up doing that. It was fun. And then what I've learned from that is you can't go into gaki. No matter how, how good you feel, no matter how well you feel like you're peaking, you just have to trust what you've been doing. And so the next day, or we had a day break because it was women's, I think women's three meter was the next day. So then I had one meter. And um, if you asked any of my teammates or my coach, that was probably the one meter meet of my life. I, I was in third place until round five. And someone told me where my score, like where I was placed. I didn't care my score. I just didn't want to know everywhere I was placed. Right. And someone said, hey, you're in third place. Um, I got sevens on my 405 on one meter. I got like, oh, it's just a great meet. It was super cool. And I ended up placing like fifth, but I went like 280 at conference on one meter. Nice. And I was like, all right, like that's the best score I've gotten at a conference meet. And that's only like 30 points off my highest score ever. And it was at a, yeah. a dual meet, which I don't count as a high score as much so for me like that was the that was the favorite failure in the sense that like I got to yeah okay like I knew going into it I had it and I took advantage of it and I lost and so I just kind of need to be a little bit more humble and trust myself a little bit more that hey like just trust what you've been working on trust what your coach is saying um so yeah um, yeah and that's why I tell my athletes all the time like hey like just because you had a good day one day doesn't mean you're gonna have a great day and just because you had a bad day doesn't mean it's gonna continue mm-hmm What's your other one? The uh, the coaching. Oh one. yeah, the coaching one. Sorry. Uh, so the coaching one is uh, I was a first year at Niagara, and I had coached a teammate or a former friend who was uh like basically a teammate because we were so close in um distance and radius of school, and I kind of I don't want to say I let him do whatever he wanted, but I kind of like let him get away with a lot more than I wanted to, and that really bit me in the rear end one day because uh he got really mad at a practice i rode him to the point where he threw a hot tub into the diving well yeah oh yeah it was crazy so then i was like go get it like absolutely not and i was like okay well then i guess we're ending practice and so i pulled him aside and we just chatted right it was Mm -hmm. it was for it was real heart to heart of like hey like i know we were really good friends i know this is hard this is awkward Right. But we need to kind of respect that boundary a little bit. Yeah. And I think that was my first real hard conversation as a coach. Yeah. Because it was kind of like, okay, like if this is what I want to do as a career, like I need to be able to have these hard conversations. And if I'm yeah. going to have, I should have it with someone who I'm super close with. Yep. That's going to be the hardest. Um, And to give you an example of how close we were, I remember my senior year, he was a junior. I couldn't find my, my speedo for conference. <laughs> And so I'm on the ladder for three meter, like just hanging out. And I yell across the pool, where's my super suit? And <laughs> from the Incredibles, and he adds, like he continues the whole scene. So we <laughs> that conference. That's awesome. Um, you know what? He's super chill. Um, But yeah, so like, again, if for me, it was like, okay, if I was able to have that kind of conversation with someone who I'm very close with, yeah. kind of set that boundary, like, which was really difficult. I'm, I can do this with anyone else. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So next one here, what can NCAA or USA diving do to improve? Um, all right. So from a club perspective of USA diving, um, I would really, really like to see like more opportunities for meets because I think like, okay, if a diver's done, like we have what, uh, regionals is in May zones is in like end of June and then end of July is, uh, juniors. Right. For those athletes, if they don't go past 
any of those things, their diving season's done for the year. Mm-hmm. And their friends, their teammates, their friends from across the country, right? Like they're all still competing. So I think there should be at least like, hey, like here's like a national invite. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I know basketball does like the NIT or like mm-hmm. um, swimming and diving does NICs, right? So like just having an extra meet where divers can still train and work for something, even though that like it's not junior nationals, right? right. Like, give them another shot. Um, and I know like that may not be super feasible, right? But I, there needs to be something. Yeah. If a diver, like there are some divers that like work really hard and they're just in a tough region. Yeah. And they can't go past regionals because everyone in their region is just super talented or had a better day that day. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, like, so my friends are still going to dive till August. I'm done in May. I have June and July to kind of just chill and not train for anything. Um, on the NCAA side, um, I think having referees like would be significantly better especially at like invites or bigger meets because as coaches right unless we're unless one of us is fina certified and on that panel there should we, we shouldn't be judging and I, and I say that because i think we're so critical like you'll hear coaches on deck all the time oh well, i've seen them do it better or oh like you know that's just it's that's the best one i've seen so i'm gonna go higher mm-hmm. right we just kind of need some like neutral judging which again mm-hmm. is not easy or financially stable i get that but at least if we can have it at like the mid seasons right like there's mm-hmm. there's 20 mid seasons across the country pick one or two fina judges on the panel mm-hmm. across the board yeah. and then again every conference every zone meet right like why does it just have to be ncaa's or the power five yeah meet? yeah yeah that's a that's or a good it's, one there's too many it's it is there's if we're trying to look for the best divers in the country, we shouldn't have our coaches be doing that because we are yeah. so biased, even if we're not doing it on purpose. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, I, I was actually talking to Aaron, excuse me, Aaron about this, where I've I've been very fortunate that we have a lot of like the former coach at Claire and he judges at nationals. So I can ask him to come judge a dual meet. And, and I'm very fortunate that we have a lot of good people in the area that I can trust to do a pretty good job. I think it, if anything, they're a little tougher normally. But more importantly, it's actually a little bit more challenging to actually coach your athletes how they need to be coached at a meet. When they come over, you're in the middle between, for you, it's like Adam Soldati and someone else. And someone's like, hey, what did you think? And it's like, well, I thought this, 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 but wait, there's a dive going, so hold on. So it's like, selfishly, like I've enjoyed inviting others to come and judge that I trust can do a good un as unbiased as you can get in our area job because it allows me to coach. So that's a good point. And I think too, right? Like I looked at other meets and this is no, no disrespect to any other meet of how it's it's okay. You're allowed to say it. Yeah. But I wasn't there. Right. I didn't see the dot. Right. But (laughs) there were some guys like divers going like 300s, 320s. And like, I think at the Purdue invite, which was Purdue, Louisville, us, uh, Northwestern, like we had so many, amazing schools and coaches the meet was hard it was a hard it was a hard judge meet we didn't have many female divers break 300 yeah and no disrespect to the other meets because i have no idea how they dove but you're telling me out of that invite no one else was close to that yeah so again and i think that just to the coaches judging like we don't know well and that that happens a lot i'm sure you're aware in the high school world it's it's Mm -hmm. kind of upsetting at times but i know how to work with it and, and use it to my advantage strategically 
we have kids from all over the state and and whether you come from Minneapolis area or outstate kind of where I where I'm from I'm on the outskirts of outstate you know I'm two hours from the Twin Cities but there are people way north of me I mean four or five hours north of me and I've seen scores come in and like, hey, you know what? You have the highest seeded score from your section. You are the top seed going into state. Well, I also know like, you know, those scores are not the same down there because it's a legit judging panel and we're looking at tiny little details. And, you know, so every time I see an outstate kid near the top of the leaderboard, I, I ask myself that same question, like, well, I see they posted a big number. How much can I potentially take off in my head so that I can realistically place them on where I think they're going to end up? And, you know, I'm fortunate to know the ins and outs more than most people to know that, you know, their, their, their 420 point section meet is probably going to be closer to 320. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they get all upset at the meet and it's, it's not a reflection of they're not a good diver. It's a reflection of, the judging where you're at is just not where it should be. And that's, what's incredibly frustrating um, from where I'm at. And it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, I was, I was blessed. Um, I was, it was really cool. So I was a huge, I mean, I'm still a huge David, but I fan, and he was, he's the assistant coach at Purdue and I played it super cool. If he's listening, I'm super sorry. I didn't say anything. But my mom was like, my mom sent me a picture of like me with an autograph saying like, keep it in perspective or whatever. Mom was like, oh my God, you, you should, you should show him. I was like, no, that's, that's weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, so he, was, he was judging the on the panel and like, you know, obviously being an Olympian, like he knows what dives are supposed to look like. Yeah. So the fact that we were kind of all on par, like that kind of made me feel better yeah. about the situation. Cause okay. Like if we're judging like a FINA's meet, like this is going to be a breeze compared to like NCAA zones or it's not necessarily a breeze, but at least it's, Hey, like, this is what you're going to dive at, at yeah. zone to dive yep. today, conference today. So that was like the pro. And it took me to have some reflection. It took me the plane ride back from Chicago to Florida to have that epiphany. But I think that's, again, it's, it's not the diver. It's not the coaches by any means. It's just the judging. Yeah. But I, I think like you said, though, going to a meet like that, that, you know, is judged a little bit more on par with what your conference zone and hopefully nationals are judged. It lets the divers be a little bit more aware of where they're at, where they need to improve. We talk about that with our national kids all the time, where once you get your scores and we know you're going to the meet, your meets, I mean, it's bad, but it's like your meets do get judged a little bit differently because it's like, Hey, I need to know where we're at for March, not for dual meet against. Yeah. Ashland, not for December. You know, like, you don't right, like for December, yeah. Right, like even even the Akron invite, like you know that because that's the meet you guys would have went to for your midseason, right, Josh? Yeah, but I also went there as, as uh, Buffalo. As a, oh yeah, and yeah. so it's like you know that, like so for us, like our athletes are like, what? I mean, Victoria's still diving, correct? Yeah, towards like, the senior yeah, like there. that's like a like that is an Olympic trial caliber athlete, an NCAA qualifying athlete, like that is a legit top tier diver and and the whole buffalo crew is good the whole akron crew is good oakland is like they're all good and so it's like hey if you can final here on the women's side like pretty good indication we're sitting in a really good spot for where we want to be in march you know and so it's like it's all framing it's it goes back to what you said earlier about like it's part of the process and if your athletes believe you it's really powerful and if they don't then they just throw temper tantrums and it's not good 
Um, moving forward, what's your favorite drill to do as a coach for your athletes? All right. So dry land, uh, I think a lot of my big thing is inwards because, um, I hit the board when I was eight. So for me, I was terrified of inwards. Um, and I had a coach kind of what you did to your athlete, having them do 30 of them <laughs> in a row. I had to do double bouncing inwards. I had to do, uh, my coach had me do, uh, add an extra summer, half somersault to every optional on three meter. So front quad back, triple gainer, triple inward, triple. Um, and I kept going long on inward triples. So he was like, oh, should try 407. So I did it. It was legal. I wouldn't ever compete it, but it was fun. <laughs> so for me, like inwards is really like something I'm big on because I think because you're throwing yourself towards the board, it's super mm -hmm. terrifying out of all of them. So I'll have them do a heel slap drill, which is basically mm -hmm. just set up a mat, right? Go about a half of your foot out and then throw your, uh, push through your toes, throw your hands, separate from your head as you throw, and then slam your heels back and get that toe push. And then if I'm having an athlete struggle with the head separation, I know I, you and I talked about it a, a yeah. while ago. I had, um, we have a foam soccer ball. Yeah. And so I'll have them like hold the soccer ball up and it's great for tower, right? Cause they want to have their arms narrow. So I'll have yeah. them boom, pop, throw, and they'll have to hit me in the chest. And I'm like, guys, get all your anger out. Like yeah. anything, let it out. Um, and then for water, I'm a sucker for like one step hurdles and double bouncing drills or like yeah. standing stuff, right? Like yeah. you can't cheat that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then obviously lineups, but lineups, I feel like unless you're doing some form of momentum movement with them, right? It gets kind of a, I don't want to say lame, but it kind of just gets stagnant where it's just kind of like there's not really a whole lot of change because they're not used to rotating or they're yeah. just doing the lineup still. So it just depends on the season. I do do a lineup game once a month with my divers. So basically, um, if they go short, it's one point. If they go vertical, it's three points. And if they go long, it's two points. Mm -hmm. And then if you rip it, no matter which, however you go, you get plus two. So max of five, lowest of one. Mm -hmm. And then I have them do it every time. And I try and keep the scale the same for everyone across the board. So that mm -hmm. way when it gets to the next game, they're like, okay, like, how did I do? How did that compare? Yeah. Um, and the reason why I, I rather them go long than short, because for me as a coach, I think if you go short, it's because you can't make the dive. Yeah. If you go long, it's because you missed your out. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, we, we talk about that all that's like, we have a, that, that gentleman, Jordan, like his one Oh seven and he does, he's not a strong twister. So on three meter, he does back two and a half with a half twist pike. And I'm like, listen, you can't miss this dive short or I, like, you're going to be eviscerated by the judges. Like they're going to kill you. And so like, <laughs> he doesn't miss it short. Like, and it's like, if you miss it long, like I can live with it. Like I can yeah, live with the good. four and a half. We went long, but like you go short and get threes. Like I'm not a happy coach. Um, and then it's like, of course, undeniably the last meet we had, he landed way short and I go, what is your only rule with that time? <laughs> he goes, don't go short. And I go, what'd you do? He goes, go short. But, um, <laughs> One job. yeah. Um, best advice given or received. Ooh. Okay. Um, given was, uh, okay. Uh, you don't have to be fearless. You just can't let fear stop you from your goals. Mm -hmm. um i really like that one um another one that i really like which is sounds horrible but it's the actual the aa uh prayer so like um please god grant me the serenity to 
accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I think that really applies to diving because, right, like there's so many things that we can't control. Like we we can hope to have a good hurdle and we can pray to have a good hurdle, but we can't change once we're down the board. And so just kind of carry on with that. So that's something I really like try to do a lot. Um, the best advice I've ever received from someone, because um, I try to give that those to a lot, um, received would probably be, um, I had, I remember I was a dual meet my junior year and I was super mad with my score, but I was happy with how I dove before I knew the score. And so my coach asked me, you know, like, why was, why was I mad? And I was like, well, I didn't score well. I didn't place well. My swim coach wasn't going to be happy. And he said, okay, before you knew your score, were you, were you happy with how you don't like it? It's like, okay, then who cares? Like, excuse me, yeah. who gives a crap about the yeah. score? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay. But like my swim coach was like, okay. And I'm, I coach you primarily. So yeah. if you're good with how you dive, I don't care about your score. Cause I thought you dove really well. Yeah. And sometimes the score doesn't reflect that. And that's something I Again, I try to tell other divers, like, hey, like, you could have a really good dive. Like, you could have just had the best top ever, and you got fours. Yeah. That doesn't mean it was a four dive. It just means your overall impression was a four. But the start was an eight. Yeah. Yep. Um, who would you like to hear us interview next? It's so hard, man. I have so many good options. All right. Buck Smith. Yep. At Eastern Michigan. I think he'd be a great. It's a good one. Your brain. Um, I would say Kara, but I don't know how she feels about technology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she's so, friends with Rovat, so that tracks. Yeah, you, have, <laughs> you guys might have to ask her when you guys are in West Virginia. Um, but she'd be great, man. I mean, she coached Christian Ibsen. She's yep. coached so many great athletes, and just her knowledge is just insane. Um, and then if I had to pick a third one, um. You guys already did my Gretcher. I would say Cliff DeVries. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like Cliff, we've been working on it. We're working on Cliff. His schedule is crazy. His yeah. schedule is absolutely bonkers. Uh, no, I think Cliff just has so much breadth of knowledge and uh, not only on the college side, but just growing up state diving. Yeah. Like, I think that's just a cool thing. And if I, I'd be reluctant to say Russ Decker, because if, yeah. if I didn't say Russ, he'd kind of throw me uh, a hissy fit. So yeah, definitely well, Russ. Well, well, good. I'll, I'll ask Russ when we're at Akron this week. I'll say, hey, you know, you were requested for us to interview you. So uh, he's going to be like, who the F asked that? And I'm going to be like, Josh. And he's going to be like, all right, cool. That checks out. Yeah, that, yeah. that's exactly what he's going to say. He's like, yeah, how much? How I mean, much honestly, and, I mean, honestly, like, I don't think Russ really knows me from a hole in the wall. But like, like, Russ is just one of those like low key, amazing coaches that just kind of chill in there and just killing the game. And that mid, like in the Mac there, like he's killing he it. He loves him in major. He loves Buffalo a lot. I told him if he ever left, I want, I want <laughs> first dibs. Um, nice. I, uh, but no, he, he has a way and he's very relaxed and he is a very down to earth guy. Once you get to talk to him and chill with him. But if you ask him any question, he'll answer. Nice. Cool. Cool. I'll follow up with him this weekend then. So that's awesome. And then uh, I stole this one from Dr. Rob Bell. What question aren't we asking that we should be? Ooh. Oh, um, I think I asked you guys this question and you both said this was a really good question. If you weren't coaching, what sport would you be a part of or would you want to coach? Yeah. yeah. Just writing, He's it down. writing that down. Yeah. I can already, I can, I can hear your brain thinking. 
<laughs> right? And I just think too, right? Like I I like asking that question because it really gives a perspective. Okay, like as diving coaches or just divers, like you can kind of guess how we think and feel. So if they pick the different sports, like, okay, like why are they picking that? Because it's not for probably any of the reasons that they're doing diving. Yeah. Well, so circling back to what you said about soccer and all that earlier, it was funny. We were um, at Thanksgiving and I was talking to my dad and somehow the topic of me playing football came up and I I was, I was a decent football player, not good enough to do anything with it post high school. But my dad said something that was like, so spot on. He was like, Heath was good at football. He just didn't like, uh, like relying on others for the, for the result. Yeah. Like I could have played the best game of my life and we could lose. And in our high school, we did lose by 50 points every freaking game. So it's like, what the heck? Like you could play the best game ever. And it's like, that's, yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So yeah. I've been really happy with the world cup going on right yeah. now. It's, it's been a great life for me. Uh, yeah. Tuesday is going to be interesting, but we'll see. Yeah. So um, just before Aaron does our send off, just want to start putting it out a little bit early. Um, we're going to start to mention the camps and clinics information coaches. If you're running a camp or a clinic, let us know. Um, I think we're trying to work on some things behind the scenes to maybe make that a little bit better for an advertising aspect for everybody. Um, so reach out Instagram email that Aaron will go over here shortly. Let us know if you need anything and, uh, Aaron, and before I'm done, Josh, we've been looking forward to this one. You've been killing the game down there and, uh, we're just, just super excited to have you on and keep doing what you're doing, brother. Yeah. Thanks guys. It's been awesome. For sure. All right. Well, hit us up on Instagram. We are at the diving pod. Our email is thedivingpod at gmail.com. Uh, go over to divingpod.itemorder.com. Get yourself hooked up. T-shirts and hoodies are on that site. Just enter divepod at checkout for free shipping. And also, little news and notes. We have been withholding a little bit of information. I don't think um, we're going to jinx it by finally announcing it. But we do have a role for Winter Nationals in a couple weeks. Um, I will be the announcer at the meet and we're super super excited about that and then also Heath is going to be the commentator on the live stream so we're starting to kind of play around a little bit with other roles again we put it out there on this podcast we would love to be at some point some year involved with an olympic games and just doing more in different avenues kind of exposes us to potential down the road there obviously we're a long ways from that but um doing anything we can to to try to get there at some point so with that i will say thank you to josh and feel free to i saw your little message there feel free to say what you need on the pdca and thanks for a great episode uh but yeah uh pdca professional diving coaches association you can check us out for all the info regarding that at prodivingcoach.org um, and then yes, feel free to sign up. You can be a free subscriber, just check out the newsletter. Or if you want to be, uh, pay a membership, you can get benefits of watching out videos, checking out different uh, news articles, anything along those lines. But yeah, thanks guys. Awesome. I love it. Well, we will see you next time.